accurate blue-collar theology to shield the mind, body, and spirit. This is Full Armor Radio. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Full Armor Radio. I am your host, Brandon Lockridge, and today we are back in the Belgic Confession. Last week, we talked about Article 6 of the Belgic Confession. We talked about the apocryphal books and why those have not been included throughout Christendom into the biblical canon. And so if you have not had an opportunity to go listen to that episode, I would encourage you to go check that out on your favorite podcast player. So today we are talking about the sufficiency of the Holy Scriptures. The title of Article 7 of the Belgian Confession is the sufficiency of the Holy Scriptures to be the only rule of faith. And we're just going to get right into it and talk a little bit uh, about the sufficiency of the scriptures. So, uh, the Article 7 uh, reads this way, we believe that those holy scriptures fully contain the will of God, and whatsoever man ought to believe unto salvation is sufficiently taught therein. For since the whole manner of worship, which God requires of us, is written in them at large, it is unlawful for anyone, though an apostle, to teach otherwise than we are now taught in the Holy Scriptures. Nay, though it were an angel from heaven, as the Apostle Paul says, that comes right out of Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Uh, For since it is forbidden to add unto or take away anything from the word of God, it does thereby evidently appear that the doctrine thereof is most perfect and complete in all respects. Neither do we consider of equal value any writing of men, however holy these men may have been with those divine scriptures, nor ought we to consider custom or a great multitude, or antiquity, or succession of times and persons, or councils, decrees, or statutes, as of equal value with the truth of God. For the truth is above all. For all men are of themselves liars, and more vain than vanity itself. Therefore, we reject with all our hearts whosoever, excuse me, whatsoever does not agree with this infallible rule, which the apostles have taught us, saying, try the spirits, whether they are from God. Likewise, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. All right. So there's a lot there. Let's start to digest this and kind of uh, break it down here. So first and foremost, let's ask the question, what do the scriptures teach? What are they sufficient for? What are they sufficient for? So there's two things I want to mention here. Uh, The scriptures are sufficient for number one, salvation. It says right there in the first line of the article uh, of this paragraph, and whatsoever man ought to believe unto salvation is sufficiently taught therein. So the scriptures are sufficient for salvation. And number two, they are sufficient for worship. The next sentence in the, in the article here says, 
For since the whole manner of worship, which God requires of us, is written in them at large, it is unlawful for anyone, though an apostle, to teach otherwise. So, uh, worship is the second thing that the scriptures are uh, sufficient for. Uh, for. Um, and what are they sufficient from? What are the scriptures sufficient from? Uh, my main point I want to highlight there is the traditions of men. So we have kind of, if we could break down the article into two sections here, you have uh, Debray, that's the, the author of the, of the confession, He's writing about the things that the scriptures are sufficient for in the first half and the things that they are essentially sufficient from in the second half. So, um, so we see the doc that the scripture is, um, sufficient for salvation and worship. And if any, any one, even an angel from heaven were to tell us otherwise, uh, they should, um, they're in error, right? So we get this directly, as I mentioned from Galatians chapter one in verses eight and nine, where it says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed or anathema is a word that was used quite a bit in the council of Trent uh, during the 16th century in which Rome was anathematizing those nasty reformers uh, for sticking to the truth of the of God's word. And so let him be accursed or anathema. As we have said before, this is in verse 9 of Galatians 1, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed or anathema. And so um, Paul, uh, Debray is essentially saying what Paul has already said, okay? Uh, this is the word of God, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And then he says, um, as we get into sort of the second uh, half of uh, the the uh, paragraph here, the article, uh, and and I, this is really important because we need to understand that, that Guy Debray is applying, when he says what I'm going to read here, we need to understand that he is applying this to himself as well. Now, there is no doubt that the Roman Catholic Church is in view here, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but this applies to him as well. He says, neither do we consider of equal value any writing of men, however holy these men may have been with those divine scriptures, nor ought we to consider custom or, or the great multitude or antiquity, or succession of times, and persons, or councils, decrees, or statutes, as equal value with the truth of God. So, um, Debray is writing something here in the confession that is a writing of of men, right? Think about all the great confessions and catechisms and and creeds throughout Christendom. Uh, we think about the uh, the, the, the early Christian creeds, the apostles creed, Nicene creed, Athanasian creed, all the wonderful confessions, uh, and catechisms that came out through, uh, the 16th and 17th centuries, right? We've got our Westminster, uh, um, doc, uh, documents, right? The, the catechism, the confession, we've got the three forms of unity, which is canons of Dort, the 
Heidelberg Catechism and the Belgian Confession, the 39 Articles, the, there's, there's so many, the French Confession. Uh, there's all these wonderful confessions that came out of the, this time period and even earlier, right, creeds that came out. And they're all wonderful. They're, they're, we can read through them. And they, we can use them as a help to, to help us uh, understand better the doctrines that are already contained within Scripture, but they are not equal with or even greater than, of course, Scripture, right? Scripture alone is the greatest and highest authority in all of life. We believe that these documents are faithful summarizations of the doctrines contained within scripture. But again, these, these confessions, these catechisms, all these creeds, they should point towards scripture because it is scripture and scripture alone that has the authority. So we can have all these uh, wonderful docu- documents and read them, but we are able to approach them with a certain level of scrutiny because they are not the, the word of God themselves. So, um, and then, you know, he mentions, of course, the, um, the, uh, that, uh, customs, uh, uh, you know, things from antiquity, succession of times, persons, councils, decrees, or statutes, uh, none of these are at equal value, uh, with the truth of God, right? None of these are equal with scripture. Uh, and this is the thing when, you know, I mentioned, uh, what is, the what are the scriptures sufficient from right we said what are they sufficient for we said salvation and worship what are they sufficient from the traditions of men and this is really uh a uh, a point that debray of course is making with the roman catholic church in view here but this is applicable to all generations right uh, the traditions of men are not equal with scripture and we have a tendency to add all kinds of traditions and things that aren't in scripture uh, in our humanness in our flesh we we do this uh, but these traditions and things that that we come up with um, are, are not equal to scripture. Now, are, can traditions be good? Yes, absolutely. Traditions can be a wonderful thing. Um, because if the tradition is pointing us towards God, if it's pointing us towards scripture, uh, that is a good thing. Um, but we, we need to, we, we need to be careful that we are not making that tradition equal with God's word. And this really was the problem of Rome. Um, they were setting their traditions of the church at equal, and in some cases, at of higher value <laughs> than the scriptures themselves. And so this is really what the Reformation was all about. It was uh, men of God, people of God, women, you know, men, women, people of God were coming together and they were saying, look at uh, this this is wrong. We, we need to go back to the scriptures. And this is of course, where we get the five solas and, uh, the pinnacle really the starting, uh, I should say the starting point of the soul is being sola scriptura, right? Sola scriptura. So, so scripture alone tells us all of these other things, right? That salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone to the glory of God alone. Right. And so this was the, this was the cry of the Reformation. So we are, uh, the scriptures 
are sufficient for salvation and worship. They are sufficient from the traditions of men. Uh, scripture is sufficient for the purpose uh, in which it was intended. Uh, when we think about uh, d- there, there are things in life that are important that we don't necessarily see in the scriptures. I'll give you some examples. Um, is are, are the scriptures a math book? Are they a chemistry book? Are they a biology book? Do we, do we learn math and chemistry and biology specifically from the scriptures? Well, no. However, those things can never be at odds with scripture, right? So when we think, let's take a, um, a very hot topic in, in today's society, and when we think of biology, well, what do we know to be true about men and women? Um, what do we know to be true about gender and sexuality? Uh, we know these things because God's word is clear on these things. Um, science itself is clear on these things, and, and science is not separate from religion. Uh, one of my favorite quotes was from an old uh 17th century, or maybe it was 18th century, um, uh, Protestant theologian named James Buchanan. He once said that, um, that, uh, that theology is the study of God's word and science is the study of God's works, right? So science belongs to God in the same way that theology belongs to God. And so these things are not at odd, at odds with one another. Um, and so, we know things to be true about gender, about sexuality, um, but uh, the the popular uh, biology studies of today's day and age, or, or modern day, uh, want to go against what is clear uh, about biology, about science, right? And so, although the scriptures are not a biology textbook or a math textbook, or a chemistry textbook, uh, we can always, it, it's always the backstop. Uh, if if chemistry, or by uh, the world of chemistry, and biology, and and, and math, if, if they tried to teach us something that is contrary to the truth of God's word, uh, we can know that those things are not true, because God's word never changes, it is always true, um, forever and always. So, um, the will of God and salvation we see can be learned nowhere else outside of the scriptures. Um, we have obviously um, there's sort of a, a general revelation that exists about the world. Uh, the creation itself proves of, of a creator, uh, but there's, so that's the kind of the, the, the book of nature, so to speak. Um, but then you have the, the book of salvation, uh, the book of redemption, so to speak, and that is found only in the scriptures. Uh, the scriptures and scriptures alone teach us the way of salvation. Um, there's a lot of modern evangelical churches today that don't consider the scripture to be sufficient for salvation or worship. And even if they don't outright say it, there is sort of a, a practical outworking of that. Um, they, 
they kind of go against, or, or, or I should say, there's a lot of situations where um, things are added onto uh, for salvation and worship. I mean, there's a lot of cults, obviously, that that operate under the banner banner of Christianity today. That um, and I, Roman Catholicism would still be one of those. But we also have Mormonism. Uh, we have uh, Jehovah's Witness. Right? There's these kind of um, quote unquote Christian uh, sects that that exist under that Christian banner that are more cult like and are are obviously not Orthodox Christianity. Uh, and so they're adding things obviously to salvation, uh, works being the biggest thing, right? Meriting your salvation. Um, but even some of your just Orthodox evangelical Christian churches today are adding things that just aren't there in the scriptures. Um, so we see things like, you know, saying the sinner's prayer to receive salvation, uh, you know, doing altar calls in service, you know, at the end of at the end of the service, having an altar call, uh, using visual effects or playing videos to aid in the Sunday morning preaching uh, lists of long lists of do's and don'ts. Um, and it's sort of all the stuff that's kind of added in there that God's word never really speaks to. And so um, those are things that we want to be careful, uh, you know, and watch out for and just remember that God's word is sufficient for salvation, for worship, and it is sufficient from the traditions of men. Well, I really appreciate you uh, joining me on this episode of Full Armor Radio. Um, Like I said in last episode, I'm excited to kind of be back at this and uh, hope to be putting out more content on a a regular basis. And um, thanks for joining me again. uh, And we will see you next time.